Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazetta! Yay! You sounded unsure about it. Well, I was going to say possibly one of the co-creators of the new Mississippi flag! Oh, shit, boy! Oh my gosh! (laughs) Hey guys, if you don't know this already... uh. Cult podcast listener Greg Murphy approached me a few months ago and asked if I would help him with a vision he had to design a new flag for the state of Mississippi. By the way, one of the only good visions we've covered on the show before. (laughs) (laughs) And I agreed because I don't love the Confederate flag, not a fan. Uh, So I decided to help him out and we came up with the flag design and it is, it's currently on the third round of design revision and voting. And so you can vote on it if you want to. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, We're design number four. There's a duplicate design. The state of whoever is running this decided like, what if we just fuck with all the designs? So they've added things. They all say in God we trust that is through no choice of mine personally. It was a sort of an appeasement that was required in order to get a new flag passed by the more conservative members of the Mississippi legislature. There's a lot of symbolism in this flag. It is on a blue field to represent the Mississippi River. There's 20 stars because Mississippi was the 20th state. Um, there's three. There's a magnolia tree in the center, and there's three flowers, which represent the past, present, and future. And then there's one golden star in the row, and that represents this moment of change that we have right now that we sort of need for Mississippi to grow as a community. So uh, I think... It's cool, and I would like it if you voted for it. And also, if you play it backwards, it summons Satan. And that's (laughs) the coolest symbolism, dude. Um, Fun fun fact, because I sat through the um, public service. They they did like a public access uh, for the commission when they were voting on it. And they made one small change to the gold star at the top of the flag so that it's not just a regular gold star. It's reflective of their indigenous people's symbolism of stars. So there's oh. like, like they added something kind of cool to it where I, was I like, didn't know that. That's, that's one thing I support. That's pretty cool. So it's overall, it's a really great flag just in general. I think it's really cool. Yeah, so that. please cool. vote for it. So it really, truly, I honestly do believe that it is the best uh, flag possible, except for, again, the flag that I designed, which is a shirtless firefighter holding a baby, <laughs> and then it says Mississippi over his pecs, which I, I still, Mississippi, if you want that, call me. The one that I sent back to Armando when we had our thread of rejected <laughs> designs was just a chihuahua shitting on the Confederate flag that said Mississippi in dog we trust. And I'm still <laughs> mad that that didn't get through. Yep. So. Look, there were a lot of great designs. Not everyone can make it to the third round. I'm sorry to both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Again, that information is going to be available in the show notes, but you can also go to Andrea's uh, Instagram, I believe, right? Andrea at Andrea Gazetta. And you can also go to at Bloom of Mississippi. Uh, and I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta with the breaking news. Yay! <laughs> What's your breaking news? I don't know. You just started with reporter voice and I went with it. <laughs> that's what you thought reporter I thought voice that's what report Hello, and I am Armando Torres. <laughs> On the 11 p.m. news tonight, are your children capri-sunning their balls? <laughs> Next at 2. My mouth moves, but no other facial expressions. Armando Torres. <laughs> that is true. I never move my face. Oh, man. I do have some news for you guys. This cult is fucking insane. I absolutely love it. I, I think my favorite thing about researching Chen Tao is eventually they hit a note that you're like, oh, man, I really feel that. Like, uh, we talked about it last week, but they have this concept called devil spirits, which are people that are so annoying that they're actually <laughs> getting in the way of your own enlightenment. And I feel that. I feel that so hard. They're like, if Colin Robinson from What We Do in the Shadows was a spirit. <laughs> yeah. Like a spirit yeah. that just comes up and is like, well, I don't know if you've read the tax code this year but you could be liable for amounts that in, i mean not not in, as a whole but if you if you don't write off expenses properly oh like oh my god <laughs> yes that is exactly it it has i have had the negative side effect of every time i get annoyed in public i just yell devil spirit devil spirit and then just <laughs> run away yeah, it's really upsetting because it's just a bunch of old ladies tripping over tree roots trying to get out of Armando's way. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that it's like Satan's taint levels of hot in oh Los Angeles. God. Oh, my right God. Now. Yeah, it's it's awful. And what Andrea's talking about, by the way, is every time we go out for a walk, uh, people see me. So normally when Andrea goes by herself, she has to move out of the way for people. But when we go on a walk together, people just move out of our way. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> like they're running from Godzilla, just like looking over their shoulder yes, like, ah, exactly. ah, what is it? Where did it come from? <laughs> Where did it go? Where did you come from, Cottonite Armando? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> On multiple occasions, I've seen old women that have just been like, I got to get out of this fucking guy's way. And so they'll like walk on the grass and they're just frail and old. So they're like tripping over roots and shit. And they just look at me as they pass and they're like, devil spirit, devil spirit. Yeah, there's a maskless old, not old, but like mm, late 40s lady that when I walk alone, she really wants to have a conversation with me about everything. Mm. And I'm like, please mm. stay away from me. But when I walk with Armando, she she just walks right by us. It's really great. Yeah, it completely crosses the street and everything. It's Even great. before coronavirus, it's crazy. You could just hear her muttering under her breath like, I don't have anything to say about tortillas. Just like... <laughs> racist asshole oh yes so we are covering chen tao again this is part two again tao again chen tao, oh. again tao. Wow. damn damn twice as nice baby 
<laughs> Name so nice, we used it again. <laughs> Electric oh boogaloo. So last week we covered a lot of the uh, the insane beliefs, like the general kind of ideas behind Chen Tao uh, put forth by the leader. Um, this week we're going to use those beliefs and we're really going to dive into how fucking insane these people are. <laughs> or <laughs> I guess were. Like if you thought last week was wild and crazy, fucking strap in dude because this shit is gonna get weird if last week was wild and crazy kids this week is double dare and that joke only makes sense to people my age and that's okay <laughs> oh so the sources for today's episode are the religious movements homepage project uh the center for studies on new religions a paper on chen tao by ryan j cook from the university of chicago and a paper on chen tao by erica young from the university of north Carolina. When we left off last week, things were not going well for Hon Ming Chen, the reluctant leader of Chen Tao. According to California news outlets, he was the leader of a mind-controlled death cult that had kidnapped a young girl from Taiwan and had taken her to America against her will. Only that's not quite what happened. True Way, as it's known here in the States, is a religion based around Buddhism, Christianity, theosophy, and UFOs, which is just sounds like the coolest fucking religion I've ever heard of. It's like the salad bar of religions where you're like, ooh, croutons and tortilla strips. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) I got Thousand Island dressing. Oh, yeah, I got Thousand Planet dressing. There are other (laughs) life forms in our universe. Stay woke. I mean... They they just admitted that basically they were yeah. like I don't yeah. know if you know True there's fact. UFOs don't freak out about it dude it's I think I made this joke last week but it's so hard to like criticize this group when they're like the world is ending and UFOs are gonna save us and the world is ending and CIA was like hey there's UFOs and they're coming <laughs> they're coming uh, yeah they're fu- they're two balls and they're just <laughs> fucking mm, coming mm. pure like they've heaven. been hanging out in the universe wow and now they are tightened up and they're going to come to our planet yeah the reason actually the reason they're drooping so low to our planet is because of uh climate change it's getting so hot that they're actually this is this really you just like balls at a certain point like they would have been here sooner but they stuck to one of the universe's legs and it was like a whole they had to readjust and So Chen Tao believes that the world we live on exists in cycles. When our cycle is up, those who are close to enlightenment will be spared to finish their journey in a new world. So Chen Tao, they don't believe that the earth was about to implode. They didn't force people to stay and they certainly didn't kidnap any children. Unfortunately, once something is in the news, it might as well be a fact. I mean, we've all seen that before. Like, if I went onto some kind of news station or podcast or something and said something crazy like, I don't know, Paige Wesley drinks the blood of succulents. It's delicious. It sounds fake. It sounds made up. But it's in the news and it's technically real now. Paige Wesley sacrifices succulents to (laughs) Satan so that she can maintain her eternal youth. She's actually 467 years old, um, and she's been living off of cute houseplants for generations. I mean, you guys, like, call it aloe vera. I call it yum. 
<laughs> we call it aloe vera. She calls it a la carte. <laughs> Damn, Paige looks good for 467. You should have seen her when she was 420. She looked nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so since things in San Dimas weren't so excellent anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. I forgot about it. I, I was listening to this past episode with Jake in the car and he was like, I'm sorry. What? I was like, yes. Yes. This cult is wild stallions. Yes. A hundred percent. I haven't watched the movie since last week, but I can almost guarantee you that it is one in the same. It has to be. There's also another uh, movie similarity that'll come up later. And I think that's also pretty fucking great. Yeah, it turns out the leader changed his name to Keanu. Um... <laughs> Just don't kill his dog. He will lose his fucking shit. So Chen decided to move his group somewhere a little more remote. Luckily, on his travels around the country, he had come across the perfect place. A small suburb outside of Dallas, Garland, Texas. Also, remember that he liked Garland, Texas, because he assumed that when they said it, they were saying the phrase God's land, Texas. It was all completely based off a misunderstanding. I mean, to be fair, I think he's misunderstanding Bill and Ted's most excellent excellent adventure as well. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of misunderstandings going on here. Yeah, I also think that he has a a complete misunderstanding for how the universe's testicles work. I mean, that's not at all what they're like. I'm just imagining him watching Bill and Ted and just being like, they are prophets. Why would their teacher ever try to expel these prophets? And I'm just like... (laughs) Smoking doobies, man. <laughs> like, this is a movie about stoners believing that they talked to so crates. Like, what is happening? So Chen hoped that he and his followers could get a fresh start uh, away from, you know, all of the prying eyes. But it turns out that the media just couldn't stop paying attention to them, mostly because of how fucking wild their arrival was. In the summer of 1997, 150 Taiwanese nationals showed up in Garland, Texas, and they looked a little bit different from the town's other citizens. Not because of their race, it was because they all wore long-sleeve, all-white track suits and all-white sneakers with a traditional Chinese farmer's hat on top. What? Hell so they're yeah, dressing dude. like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like... <laughs> And I'm picturing, I know you didn't specify, I'm picturing like an all-white Adidas tracksuit. Like they're showing up like a racially appropriative rapper in the 90s. Yes. Like that's what I'm picturing. You are you are full on correct. They, they look like they showed up to Diddy's white party and they're like, what's up, bitches? It's time to rock. And they're like, rock. yo, who invited Ryu? Like it's just... <laughs> It's wild. Oh, it man, is, that's it is, crazy. It is pretty cute when you look at pictures of Chen Tao because each of them has their own, you know, traditional Chinese farmer's hat. So, like, there's pictures of the children. There's, like, a baby, and it has a little baby tracksuit, little baby <laughs> sneakers, and a little baby hat. It's so cute. That's pretty cute. It's and so they're like, adorable. if J-Lo can do it for her babies, <laughs> we can do it for ours. Tracksuits for everyone. They're dressed in all white. They got outfits like a like a... Fox News writer's room. (laughs) Damn. Bars, honey. Thank you. 
So when Chen realized that he and his crew were picking up some strange looks, he decided to make a change to the group's uniform. He decided that since Chen Tao was now in America, they should adopt the traditional American farmer's cap. The cowboy hat. <laughs> oh my god. So in order to look less weird, they all started wearing all white 10 gallon hats. Well, now it just now they just look like Kid Rock. Like of the list of people who wear tracksuits with cowboy hats, <laughs> there's only one person on that list besides Chen Tao, and it's Kid Rock. <laughs> Little known fact: Kid Rock, devoted member of Chen Tao. <laughs> Why, hello there. Why don't you say we rustle up some tracksuits? <laughs> I do think that tracksuits are a great equalizer. They look equally bad on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> And I say this as a a 32-year-old woman who last night purchased a glow-in-the-dark skeleton onesie for Halloween. So That's okay, but you're saying that like it's a bad thing. That's fucking sick. They're on sale. We should all get them. It'll be great. And then do our first video podcast wearing our (laughs) glow-in-the-dark skeleton tracksuits on Halloween? Yes, 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 yes. I love this idea. We'll, we'll have to just cut the feet off of our mondos and they'll be like shorts. I'll, I'll wear them to Panic Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up to Panic Fest in January if it if it if we can get out of our houses by then. Wow. Roll up to Panic Fest in January in a full skeleton onesie. Yeah, <laughs> just if, like, if we're not actual skeletons, we'll show up to Panic Fest in these yeah. suits. Now, Garland, Texas in 1997 was a town on the rise. Before this, the biggest news story they had was from a few months earlier when the town launched its official website. That's not a bit. In 1997, Garland, Texas launched its official website. And their first post was, hey, Houston, down to fuck? (laughs) You up, Waco? (laughs) (laughs) You've got mail. Garland's actually it's not it's not a bad place it's it's pretty cool we usually drive in or around it when we're in Texas because we're on that side in in Garland Texas we usually pass through it I talked to a friend of the show Blaine Gibson from uh, Good Morning from Hell and Blaine was telling me because he he grew up near Garland and also uh, his best friend grew up in Garland and apparently uh, the n- local nickname for Garland, Texas, is Gatland, Texas, because you can't go a day without hearing gunshots in the town. Oh, my God. I have heard that as well from my husband. But I think it's a little bit different than, like, here when we hear gunshots. Yeah. Our immediate thought is, like, don't go to 7-Eleven right now. They're busy. Uh, <laughs> but then... <laughs> In in Gatland, where when you hear gunshots, I think it's a little more of just like, oh, stop it, Grandpa! Like, just, yeah, it's well, a little different. Some of some of the people that live there, you know, they're farmers, and that's how they uh, that's that's a tool that they use to corral the wild uh, tracksuits that run through. <laughs> Garland, Texas. I, I think you're gonna say that's when they're hunting the corn. <laughs> I feel like you get you know how you get a sheepdog to corral sheep. Yeah. You get a pantsuit to corral tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like Hillary Clinton's suit, but with nothing in it. Just like running around a field, corralling tracksuits. <laughs> it's like galloping, but fabric. 
Oh, my God. But ever since the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Gang showed up in Garland, Texas. (laughs) 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 Ever since they showed up, there was only one thing that anybody wanted to talk about. Who... (laughs) Who the fuck were these weirdos? <laughs> and, and why were they buying over 20 homes in the same neighborhood? Now, Texas, as we all know, is a little bit cheaper to live. But Chen Tao showed up and, and within a few months bought 20 different houses all in the same neighborhood. And they bought it in cash, which is fucking bananas. Real talk, I joke about moving out of California all the time because buying power is so vastly different. Yeah. Uh, And I talked to Todd at Horror Virgin, and he was trying to get both Mikey and I to buy houses in the same neighborhood where he's having a house built. (laughs) And I was like, that'd be pretty hilarious to have, like, a a Nashville cult compound just, like, in these really nice houses. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, do you guys want to move to Nashville? Let's all get houses. Cats and baking. Cats and baking. Let's do it. Not opposed. So yeah, all of Garland is fucking. You know, they're like, who are these people? Why are they Garland? (laughs) When you're here, you're Chen Tao family. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) Oh my god! Little known fact, all of their beliefs come with soup, salad, and endless (laughs) breadsticks. The earth revolves on cycles, and the cycle is how often the waiter brings new breadsticks to the table. (laughs) Yeah, everyone is asking questions like, who the fuck are these people? Why are they all wearing tracksuits? Why are they buying up 20 homes? And why (laughs) won't they stop quoting Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? Every time I'm like, you don't belong here, they're like, excellent. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't long before local news outlets found out about the group's trouble in San Dimas. And then everyone lost their shit. The citizens (laughs) of Garland were afraid of having another siege like the one that happened in Waco just four years earlier. Because the thing about doomsday cults is that they tend to end in doom one way or another. Chen, on the other hand, was upset that the media kept portraying him as the leader of a mind-controlling cult, especially since he didn't even want to be leader in the first place. All of this crazy bullshit only happened because he wanted to find answers for himself. And now here he was, a former professor and a self-proclaimed man of science, leading a group that can't go anywhere without attracting cameras and reporters. It didn't matter what his beliefs were, the only thing people focused on was how eccentric he seemed to be. And any time they covered what he said, they just ended up distorting the message. But then, Chen had an epiphany. Every time he does anything, it gets covered in the news. But he doesn't talk to reporters or fill them in on his ideas, which means that the public fills in the blanks with the most evil-sounding, sinister shit they can think of. But if Chen allows the media onto his property and actually tells them what he's doing, he can control the narrative. He can turn his biggest enemy into his greatest platform. And that's when Chen realized that maybe the media wasn't so bad after all. 
Dangerous. Yeah, famous <laughs> last words. <laughs> They're like, we entered this compound because we heard reports of them stockpiling Adidas sweatsuits. <laughs> Fat Joe, as a sweatsuit (laughs) enthusiast, would you like to comment? (laughs) I'm just trying to get these back to the local bodegas. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So shortly after their arrival in Garland, Chen and his followers started inviting the press to cover all of their insane events. But in true Chen Tao fashion, even the process for inviting people was absolutely buck wild. So here's here's how they did it. A week before Chen planned on hosting an event, he would write out an explanation in Chinese and then someone would translate that into English. And the result was about, generally speaking, a 20-page thick manifesto that they would then photocopy several times and then send it to every media outlet even remotely close to Garland, Texas. Then... About three days before the event, he and his followers would construct large handmade billboards on their front lawns. And remember, they own 20 homes. (laughs) So they... Just imagine driving through that neighborhood like five more miles to Chen Tao. You won't believe it. Stop at the next exit. Cracker Barrel, more like Chen Tao. (laughs) Chen Tao, more like Chen Wow. (laughs) Wait till you get a look at these tracksuits. You're right, Bo. I can't. I I would love to just drive through that where it's like, oh, wow. uh, That's uh, congratulations to John for graduating high school. Devil spirits are coming for us. Wear your (laughs) tracksuits. Chen Tao again, Tao. I just imagine them, like, the recruitment process is they're just walking down the street and they see someone, they're like, what are you? Like a size 36? And you're like, what? <laughs> and they're like, he is a tracksuit. He is a 10-gallon hat. Come join us. <laughs> Here's unlimited breadsticks. Can I tell you about the mystical nuts? <laughs> Fun fact, these hats hold 10 gallons, but two gallons of them are already taken up with devil spirits. So your head only has to fill the other eight. I love this sequel to three billboards called A Whole Fucking Ton of Billboards. <laughs> Someone murdered my daughter. It was a devil spirit. <laughs> Oh my god, and finally, on the day of the event, Chen would set up a podium on his front lawn in front of the big-ass billboard he put up where he would read his manifesto verbatim in Chinese because, remember, he doesn't speak English. So they would allow him to say his entire manifesto in Chinese and then he would back away and another member of Chen Tao would get up and be like, Uh, Hey, everyone. My name's Robert, and I'm basically just going to try to repeat that in English. (laughs) And then it would go on for like another 20 minutes or so. This is the weirdest episode of Better Call Saul that like I've ever seen. And then after that, they would pull some wild ass publicity stunt to keep the attention on himself (laughs) and on his group. Is that what WAP actually stands for? Wild ass publicity stunt? (laughs) (laughs) this wild ass publicity give me everything you got for this white ass (laughs) tracksuit 
Certified freak. Seven billboards a week. (laughs) (laughs) On our lawns, baby, the shit on fleek. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) There's some demon spirits in this house. There's some demon spirits in this house. (laughs) So... (laughs) These publicity stunts are what Chen Tao is probably most famous for. And there were quite a few that happened in his time in Garland. And I'm going to tell you about three of the biggest, most insane ones. Did it involve a motorcycle? No. So when I say oh. stunts, I don't mean that he's like fucking evil Knieveling over like a devil spirit or something. The first event that he had was an event to prove that he was indeed an enlightened being because if you remember from last week our souls can be measured in degrees of what he calls soul light energy if you are enlightened then your soul registers the same amount as god's own soul which i i don't know if that means god has a soul or if you just are on the same level as what god's soul would be is it like a spectrum I see. I'm picturing this more like a neighborhood Christmas tree lighting competition. Like you know when people get like wild out with their Christmas lights and they're all trying to one up each other. Oh, like God is the one with like the the light show that has like a screen and yeah. like the projectors and the inflatables, and then everyone else is like, "Well, I got these lights at Target," and yeah. Yeah, it's just I I it's so in your idea if if whoever has the closest the brightest Christmas tree is the person closest to God. And now actually that I say it out loud, that is what a lot of people treat Christmas like. Yeah, 100%. Jesus. Yeah, I was criticizing you, but now I'm fully on board. You are right. That is a perfect analogy. You're just trying to climb a Christmas tree to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. God won't love me unless I have one of those wobbly guys from a car dealership, but red and <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an SOS signal when you're stranded on a desert island and you're asking the helicopter to come rescue you, but Christmas. But lights. for God, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. So if you are an enlightened being, then your Christmas tree registers at the same energy as God's own soul. Um, what this means is that in a roundabout way, since Chen is an enlightened being. His soul registers at the same degree as God's, which makes him sort of, kind of, like a God himself. And to prove that, he decided that he would stare directly into the sun (laughs) for an uninterrupted 30 minutes. What? I had had no idea he was our current president. Um... (laughs) Right into the sun. No sun. None, no sun. No. Glasses? No sunglasses. Uh, he did wear a hat. Uh, he was wearing <laughs> his traditional Chinese farmer's hat while it happened, but he did stare up directly into the sun. He claimed that any mere mortal would have surely been blinded if they stared into the sun for thirty minutes. However, after only just a few seconds, Chen gave up. <laughs> See, I was thinking that he went through the whole thing and then afterwards is like, no, I'm totally cool to drive. And they're like, dude, you've been walking the wrong direction for 13 minutes. 
they did do okay so there there was again there was reporters there so the reporters saw it and apparently they all said that after he stared into the sun for a few seconds what happened is he just started rubbing his eyes and blinking profusely and said something (laughs) to the amount of like ah you guys get it you get it i don't have to do it for the full 30 (laughs) minutes i'm fine you know that i could you saw that i had the ocular strength to complete the task yeah Uh, he's just fucking bumping into shit like man this fucking cowboy hat doesn't block out shit ah (laughs) That's why I never do push-ups, because I have nothing to prove. <laughs> not because I can't do them. Exactly. Definitely not because of that. Yeah, that I just do ha- I do half a push-up, and I go, hey, you get it. And then my yeah, body just it. grows muscles, because it goes, oh, I get it. He's super fucking ripped. I, he would totally be doing this if he had the time. Exactly. <laughs> so after local newspapers implied that his demonstration had been a failure... Chen decided to fire back by clarifying that he himself isn't God, but merely someone who is deeply connected to God. But God himself could definitely stare into the sun oh, for 30 minutes. Totally. For sure. For totally. sure. Here, here's the thing. I'm like God's manager. So like, if you want to talk to God, you kind of got to talk to me first. I just handle all the finances. That is actually very, very close to what Chen believed. He basically said that he was so connected to God that he actually had a direct line that he could use to talk to God whenever he wanted. So kind of like a telephone and then Morgan Freeman answers. Is it like that? See, I was picturing like, hello, landlord. I know you live upstairs. Can you talk to God for us? You're closer <laughs> just because you're you're on top. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I did. I didn't realize this until now, but you're. God is just our landlord. God is the biggest landlord. (laughs) And he won't let us paint. (laughs) And he's constantly trying to evict us. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. It does make death so so much less scary when you just think of it like an eviction. (laughs) When you're just like, I guess I'll find an apartment on another plane. Yeah, I guess being a ghost is really just being homeless in the spirit world. And they're trying to come back to get their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I think we just figured it out. If you want to join our religion, uh, oh. just hit us up. Coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Anyway. So- <laughs> Slash ghost evictions. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the manifestos were mailed out. The billboards went up and the wooden podium was put on Chen's front lawn. This time, the group's leader came forth to share his tool for speaking to God. He had a special ring that he wore with the jewels facing inward towards his palm. And Chen claimed that the ring works sort of like a magical cell phone. (laughs) However, since he is an enlightened being and therefore different from the rest of us, he's the only one that can hear God when he puts the ring to his ear and and listens really carefully. So he just like... He just pantomimes answering a phone like, yo, Baseo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, do you think that God would be pissed if he found out Chen had a second secret ring? (laughs) I think so. He's like, are you cheating on me with Jesus? (laughs) Oh, my God. I definitely I can't figure out how, but he's definitely using the ring to send nudes. Oh, masturbating. Oh, God. I just thought about masturbating with a ring on and I hurt my own penis. That's like no. getting a blowjob with grills in. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Jesus. I just imagining just like, 
him just walking down the street, speaking to the Lord, pretending he's got a Bluetooth on, but it's his <laughs> ring, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll grab some, I'll grab bread on the way home. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anything else on the list? Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> This is this this method, this ring is supposedly where he got the subject matter for his manifestos. So basically he would sit with the ring to his ear and then he would just kind of write down everything as he heard it and he would try to write furiously fast. It's just the scary whispering from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the same thought process of like if you hold a shell to your ear, you can hear the ocean. It's like, no, you fucking can't. That's not how that works. It's not how any of this works. Or it's just like a decoder ring you get in cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. right? This is the thing that I was saying where it's like, I think he just ripped this off from the fucking scene from A Christmas Story <laughs> where little orphan Annie gave the decoder ring and he's like, uh-huh, what was that? Okay, God says drink your Ovaltine. That's... <laughs> If you hold if you hold this ring to the ear, you can hear the screams of the children who mind it. <laughs> oh, Check your yeah. crystals, bitches. Hell yeah. Chen also actually allowed a few photographers to get some photos of his ring. And it appears, I mean, I, I showed a picture to Andrea so she can kind of back me up on this. If you look very closely, it appears to have two diamond studded spheres that are supposed to represent Buddha and Jesus. Although it does have the unfortunate side effect of just looking like a diamond studded ball sack. I mean, it really. It's very egg like. It looks like some type of big opal in the middle. So it's like shiny mm. and it's very weird. It looks like that when you take ball skin and you put it in the light, how it has that like veininess. That's you know kind of how, how it looks. You know how you're always taking ball skin, <laughs> <laughs> stretching it out, putting it in the light. You know how you always be stretching a scrotum out like a bat wing. <laughs> it's like that. I don't want to elaborate on our alone time, but. You get the idea. I am not privy to what you're saying. So that means in my slumber, you have been taking my balls, stretching them out, looking at them through the light and going, eh, nice. You shouldn't be sleeping in so late. <laughs> it's about 11 p.m. Given the shadows cast by these veins. Oh, my God. It does. I mean, when you look at a picture of the ring, it just oh, looks man. like a diamond studded ball sack, which looking at his teeth is what I assume little Wayne's balls look like. <laughs> because oh my remember, little Wayne had holes drilled into his teeth so that diamonds could be implanted in his teeth forever. He doesn't have a grill. He literally has diamonds installed into his teeth forever. Man, making out with Little Wayne must hurt really bad. <laughs> so yeah. sharp. What if what if it it gets stuck in your your lady bajangles when he goes down on a lady? <laughs> That's <Are> they... vajazzling. <laughs> vajazzling. <laughs> That's a real thing. It it was a very real thing in in like the early two thousands. I remember. You know how oh like God. you could bedazzle your your jean jacket by just stamping crystals on it. You can do that yeah. to your vagina too. But just stamp it. You you did you use a bedazzler and just like it's a similar process, but it's glue. You can still get it done. Can. I guess if you want to. Is this why the most popular like look in porn now is just to have nothing down there? They were like, yeah, we tried. We tried putting a bunch of shit down there. It doesn't look good. 
They tried to do crystals. They tried to add like moss, like it's a magic garden. Are you wait? Is they, that a bit or is this real? This is a bit. Okay, well, thank God. Th- that's a bit. But there was. I, do you remember that uh, commercial that used to air for like the trimmers because the thing was to trim it into shapes? Yeah, and you could dye do like it. the heart. You could dye it like it's yes. leopard print. It was just a mm-hmm. whole deal. See, that's fine. Yeah. But Andrea was describing like a fucking chia pet for no, your it's pussy. It's a terrarium. Yeah, you put little animals down there and make it like tranquil and shit. Pussy. You and make then your it own grows, stream. It grows and it's like a little mm-hmm. Scooby Doo head. You guys remember Chia Pets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do your genitals look like Mr. T's head? <laughs> oh my God. I, we gotta figure out. We're gonna have to reverse engineer a way to make pussy pets. Anyway. Oh, so I was thinking we get cult podcast Chia Pets. That'd be pretty dope. Also, what would cult podcast would it be the like the Kool Aid Man or would it be? It would be all like of our faces. It would be me and Paige's yeah. face, and then the hair grows wilder and wilder as we read more and more research documents. <laughs> pretty accurate. You don't have to put seeds on it. You just lay conspiracy books on it. <laughs> So after he came out with his essentially what just amounts to a fancy decoder ring, um, <laughs> Chen could feel the world laughing at him. Like basically everyone was like, this is fucking ridiculous. You're ridiculous. And this is stupid. So again, the mail went out, the billboards went up and the press gathered outside of his house to hear what new crazy bullshit he had for him. And boy, was this one different. Because like I said, a big part of the group's lore centered around that mystical dream Chen had a few years back. The one where, you know, the two balls came into his dream. Um, But those balls were supposed to be the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of Buddha. So additionally, the group's teachings also revolved heavily around reincarnation. So somehow Chen got it in his head that it was his mission to reunite the current living soul of Buddha with the current living soul of Jesus Christ. And truth be told, he didn't know what would happen, but he felt like it was probably his destiny to get them together. Probably so that they could, like, I don't know, collab on a mixtape. You know what I mean? I'm just picturing him holding them as Barbies and being like, okay, now kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> kiss, kiss. I would, I would also, though... I said it at first as like a bit, but I would love to hear the mixtape that the reincarnation of Buddha and the reincarnation of Jesus came up with. Anyway, Young Buddha and Lil Jesus dropping this September. (laughs) Keep SoundCloud open. Um, So the nice thing about having a math-based religion, especially when that math is completely made up by you, (laughs) is that once you master that math, you can basically figure out anything. For example, after crunching the numbers, Chen realized that, mathematically speaking, the reincarnated soul of Buddha was inside the body of a young Taiwanese boy who was already a member of the group. Convenient. Yeah, very, very convenient. Although, the math didn't always work out so conveniently. Case in point, the reincarnation cycles of Jesus and Buddha didn't match up exactly because they, you know, they existed at different times. So that means that Buddha is a young boy, but the reincarnation of Jesus was a 27-year-old man living in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, who just happened to look exactly like Abraham Lincoln. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. And before you go crazy, this isn't a real person. This is the description that Chen gave. Wait, 
wait, wait, wait, wait, wait. This was way less crazy when it was a real person. When, like, this is so much less crazy if he's just like, yeah, I met Glenn the last time I was on vacation. He's clearly Jesus. This is the description he gives where he's like, he's definitely an older, like a 27-year-old man in Canada, but also, bonus, looks like Abraham Lincoln. He's seven feet tall. He has a banging beard, no mustache, and a huge top hat. He's secretly gay, but America's not ready for that secret. And he is the reincarnation of Jesus. Look into it. Abraham Lincoln may have had a male lover. Also, vampire hunter. Yes. Yes. Also, as we, I think it was last week, potentially a vampire himself. Ooh. That's a whole other thing. So, uh, yeah, this isn't, this isn't somebody that actually existed. Chen had a dream and then he woke up and he was like, Hey, I talked to my fucking decoder ring and God said that Jesus is living as a 27 year old man in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And he definitely looked exactly like Abraham Lincoln. So they didn't know who this person was. They didn't know where they could be in Vancouver. They just knew that he happened to be in Vancouver. So over the next few months, the group spent all of their time and all of their resources posting advertisements, flyers, and even a few actual commercials on television in search for a man who looked just like Abraham Lincoln. So they just had pictures of Abraham Lincoln and were like, are you this man? You might be Jesus. Call now. We have we have a we have an all white tracksuit and a cowboy hat just for you. I love the idea that Jesus is walking around somewhere like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> like he got hit over the head with a two by four, and he just woke up in Vancouver, and he's like, I don't know my real name, but I keep turning fishes into loaves. <gasps> I thought my name was Jesus. I've been so close this whole time. Wait, he did turn. Every time I touch water, it turns to wine. <laughs> I haven't been. Shot over in years <laughs> i know i've got these holes in my hands but i also know the gettysburg address <laughs> <laughs> what oh my God. it's a mystery who is he <sighs> memory loss jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh memory my loss God. jesus would be a really funny sitcom i, would, I love Just- it I love it so much. It's just him traveling from town to town, finding out slowly that he is Jesus. But what throws everybody off is he shows up and they're like, is that, is that Abraham fucking Lincoln? <laughs> but they just call him John, as in John Doe, because he doesn't know his real name. <laughs> See, I'm picturing him moving into an apartment with two roommates, like <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt style, and just being like... I don't even know who I am. And they're like, you've got to find the Abraham Lincoln inside you, Becky, or whatever it is. Oh, my God. God. So the search for Abraham Lincoln Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or as we might want to call him, Savior Hamling. Savior Hamling. I love that. I love that. Oh my god. Oh, the search lasted several months and cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And by the end of it, they had nothing to show for it. <laughs> really? Yeah, they couldn't find a single person in all of British Vancouver, Canada who looked like Abraham Lincoln and also turned out to be Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. <laughs> this reminds me of those have you seen this dog posters from the Stephen King Hearts in Atlantis book where it's like a secret code and everyone's like the fuck is with these posters 
I'm just thinking that it sounds like somebody's wild dating profile where they're like, must be over six feet, must love dogs, <laughs> must look like Abraham Lincoln, must also be Jesus. <laughs> Good. Will not talk to anyone under seven feet tall. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Something you might not know about me. I'm kinky and I'm super into old presidents, but also God. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say this in case somebody needs to hear it. It's okay to be a short messiah. All right. It doesn't take away <laughs> anything. Short Jesuses are okay, too. I will say you never really know how tall Jesus was because he's always higher than you. Oh, that's good. I mean, <laughs> I can I can tell that they didn't know what what height Jesus was because they most people don't even know what fucking color Jesus was. So, but his abs were on <laughs> point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No matter what, those were fu- shredded abs. Yeah. Actually, the man subsisted mostly on bread and wine. He probably looked a lot more like me than we're willing he to admit. Probably looked like the dude from. <laughs> From the big Lebowski. Yeah, that's probably he just had like a little beer belly and long long hair. He's like, hey man, fucking stop. Be nice to each other. (laughs) I'm gonna flip these tables, you don't give me back my rug. (laughs) (laughs) So Chen pivoted once again and claimed that he had forgotten to like, I don't know, carry a mystical two or something on his fake bullshit mask. And it turns out that the soul of Jesus was actually inside of another different Taiwanese boy that also happened to be a member of the cult already. Oh, convenient but boring. I I hope that there's like a beautiful mind montage of this where it's like, and then he's like, and he carries the two and then it just shows like the boy glowing or something. So Chen and his followers held another public meeting where you, you, the press, or you, the public, could come and have a meet and greet with the reincarnated souls of Buddha and Jesus. And so it was just a bunch of adults who were like, what's the meaning to life? And it was a young Taiwanese boy being like, I don't, my name was Charlie 10 days ago and I don't know what's happening anymore. Hot wheels. I don't know, fucking Paw Patrol? (laughs) (laughs) So nothing happened. The world stayed the same, and Chen was starting to look, well, I, I don't know about starting, but Chen looked like a big, dumb fucking idiot. <laughs> well, no, a small, dumb fucking idiot. Yeah, 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 of course. But the press, on the other hand, was just eating this shit up. Mm-hmm. News outlets, from TV to print, were covering Chen and all of his stupid, wacky adventures. Because for them, it was the perfect source of content. Every few months, the group would do something ridiculously crazy, and all they asked was that you also include their ridiculously crazy beliefs. It's a win-win if you're a reporter. But things weren't going so well for Chen. It was becoming increasingly obvious that this was not a symbiotic relationship. The media, the public, and even a few of his own followers were laughing at him and calling him a failure. Because no one took him seriously anymore. And if Chen was going to prove everyone... Anymore? (laughs) Yeah, right? As soon as we saw the tracksuits and cowboy hats, honey, it was over. I'm so sorry. Well, he did earn my respect when he stared into the sun for an uninterrupted six seconds. <laughs> it just sounds like a child's dare on the playground. You know, just like, I can do Well, you know I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You get it. You get the rest. 
So Chen decided if he was going to prove everyone wrong, he had to show them that they were in real danger. So it was with this mindset that he laid out all the facts he had learned along his own search for answers. We all have a soul. And really, we all have three separate souls, but that's a little too complex to get into right now. But we each have a soul, and these souls can be weighed in degrees. The higher the degree, the closer you are to God. And you go through cycles to get your soul to a higher degree. If you fail to do this, you become a devil spirit, spending all your time haunting people and trying to annoy them so much that they can't achieve enlightenment. My spirit's not touching your spirit. My spirit's not touching your spirit. My spirit's not touching your spirit. And you're not touching enlightenment. My spirit only has a bachelor's (laughs) degree. So once the amount of devil spirits reaches a critical level, God will restart the whole cycle, saving only those closest to enlightenment. Chen also knew that there had previously been five different tribulations and that a lot of these were kind of... uh, jump-started by events like Buddha and Jesus meeting in the eternal plane and shit like that. So he was kind of looking at all of the information, and that's when he made a big realization. Buddha and Jesus had already met in the eternal plane in the dreamscape when they came to him as a giant set of balls. That means that we are currently already in the middle of the sixth great tribulation so chen calls another press conference and announces his latest and greatest prophecy on march 31st 1998 god will fly down on a ufo to rescue all of us who believe and this is where things start to get a little bit crazy because uh, he he basically just kind of free forms his answers um whenever somebody asked him a question so they were like what are these what are these ufos gonna look like and he was like well interesting question ufos look a lot like clouds which is why if you'll notice there's been a lot more clouds in the sky recently (laughs) because that's god basically test driving the ufos to make sure he's got a handle on controlling them plus this one looks like an animal (laughs) so Beforehand, though, there will be a few signs to show everybody in the world that God's presence is drawing near. So God is supposed to drop down on a UFO on March 31st, 1998. But six days before, on March 25th, 1998, God will make his presence known to humanity. And he'll start by doing this in the most accessible way possible, by showing up on your television. Without buying ad time, just like... Nope. Chen actually said that it didn't matter if you didn't have cable. All televisions that were tuned to channel 18, just whatever channel that used to be, channel 18, even if you didn't have cable, would show a broadcast of a man who looked just like Chen, but was actually God himself. And you would know because God would speak to you in whatever language you spoke, while Chen himself only spoke Chinese and didn't speak any other languages. Did they tape this? Like, did they create? Did they try to create this? I don't think so, but I, I, you know what? I didn't think about it. I, I wish they would have. And then just behind the scenes, Chen himself is like desperately going through Rosetta Stone, and he's like, Bonjour, no fuck! I don't know how to do this. <laughs> well, I feel like because if 
if he's speaking Chinese, but it appears to everyone in their own like tongue and they bought the ad time and they just like put it out there, it gives them kind of this like ability to if somebody's like it was just Chinese for them to be like, you didn't believe enough. Otherwise, you would have heard it in your own oh. language. Emperor's New Clothes style, baby. Yeah, that is good. So one of the things that's kind of different about Chen Tao from a lot of other cults is um, Chen genuinely believes the stuff that he's saying. So mm. and especially since he's he's basically trying to use the media as a way to spread his message. He thinks that he's just slightly distorting his message to kind of get the word out there. So their message was on March 25th, 1998, at exactly one minute after midnight. All televisions would turn on and switch to channel 18 where the broadcast would be played. And that means every single television in the country at the same exact time. So this doomsday prediction gets everybody super excited. The press, different researchers, documentarians, all of these people rush to Garland, Texas. Because suddenly the small town isn't so small, it is the source of one of the greatest news stories of our generation. Or at least of that year, you know, because there's been so many different doomsday cults happening. And this is just another one happening at this point five years after Waco and only one year after heaven's gate in san diego it's just so crazy that everybody wants to cover it for a long time the citizens of garland they've been kind of hesitant like kind of like okay that's weird but they haven't been they haven't been really hateful of the cult in fact a lot of them have kind of been sort of okay with chen tao in fact i was reading a paper uh and one of the quotes that they had was from a, a citizen of garland who basically it was this woman who was like you know what they showed up and they were weird but they keep good care of their lawns and they believe in our lord and savior jesus christ so they're okay in my book and i'm like that's the most texas shit i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> yeah. they take care of their law lawn and they believe in jesus christ that's it that's the barrier for entry of being a texan i mean they also believe Wild. in aliens but whatever man well that was the thing once they started announcing like the actual plans of how god was going to come save us that's where everyone was like okay now i can believe in an, an in a in an eternal war between the devil and and jesus himself but ufos now that is fucking insanity <laughs> and so that's when people started to get you know they they felt like the whole thing was ridiculous and in addition to that it used to just be like the local press would come you know like no, local newspaper local tv reporters but now everyone is here like every reporter in the country is coming because this is another doomsday cult that's making a prediction and historically and especially recently in american history that has not ever gone well for the cult or sometimes it's gone even worse for the people surrounding the cult so after chen made his announcement the people of garland started to get a little bit more I would say aggressive towards their neighbors. A good example would be at one point, one of Chen's neighbors, because remember they bought 20 homes in the same neighborhood, but there are more than 20 homes. Other people also live in these neighborhoods and they've just been slowly being get just gotten fed up with all of the crazy shit, with all of the press, with all of the billboards that are just constantly there. Yeah, because imagine there's got to be some of them living in between, like Chen Tao, 
other person, Chen Tao. Yeah. That I that'd be insane. Yeah. It'd be infuriating it all the time. Also, one thing that I didn't think about until somebody pointed it out in one of these research papers, they're living in twenty homes. There are one hundred and fifty members of Chen Tao. So the whole thing is just, you know, a lot of a lot of people started making complaints about like, hey, there's like 30 people living in one house. Can we kind of like not do that? I feel like that's a health hazard. And so uh, the county actually made them come and buy more houses so that they could spread out. But one of the biggest points of contention between the neighbors. That's only seven and a half people a house. That's not that bad. Yeah, but you can't have a half a person. They're not going to go, hey, Gary, can you just split yourself in half? Well, eight and some, seven and others. That's not that bad. That's a large family. That's smaller than my cousin's family. Yeah, but you're assuming the size of the house. Some of these houses might be a two-bedroom, one-bath. That's fair. And now there's eight people. There's also a lot of them are like, some some of them are family units of like five or six per because it's grandchildren, parents, and children, you know? So there's at least normally uh, five or six people and they don't want to live separately. So if you're doing eight people in a house, then it's actually more like, you know, six from one family and then the other six from another family because they all want to live together Mm, i see and some members of chen tao like chen himself or chen's translator they have their own home you know so it gets a little bit weird and dicey but one of the biggest points of contention that i found so i i actually found some instances where he and his neighbors got into fights um at one point Chen was trying to build a special landing pad for a UFO in his backyard. That's not cleared by the HOA. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One of his neighbors noticed a giant cement truck backing into Chen's house and went outside and was like, hey, um, what are you doing? And Chen was like, oh, we're building a landing pad for the UFOs that are coming. And so the neighbor went back inside and called the city and was like, do you need a permit to build some kind of landing pad for a a UFO? And the city was like, first of all, I don't think I've ever heard that question before. So thank you for saying a new thing. (laughs) And secondly, I guess if you were going to do like a landing pad for some kind of vehicle, yeah, you'd need like a lot of permits, especially since that house backs right up onto a river. Technically, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't play basketball. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He he got off on an Airbud technicality. What they used to fix this, because essentially the city came and was like, hey, you can't set up a fucking landing pad. That's illegal. You need so many different permits to do this. Or can I? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody should be asking these questions. (laughs) They're like, no, it's not a question. You can't do this. Somebody should be building these landing pads. (laughs) And they're like, no, (laughs) that's the whole thing. Uh, And so Chen basically realized that it was going to take way too much work to be able to get the permits to build the landing pad that he wanted. But he already had the supplies, he already had the workers, and he already had a truck full of cement. So instead, he just built a series of different gazebos in his own (laughs) backyard. And was just like, oh, I'll tear them down when the the UFOs come. I just... (laughs) I put all this planning into it. I had my whole UFO pad Pinterest page. I had all of my supplies, all of my crafting glue, and they just, I guess I'll just build a gazebo. I I guess I'll just build a hundred gazebos and fine. Yeah. 
He just built a ton of gazebos that he then started calling shrines. And one of my favorite moves that he did was he took pictures of these shrines and he printed them in newspapers and magazines. He told people that the shrines were so full of love and magic that if you cut out the picture of a shrine and you kept it in your wallet, you would be already so much closer to God than you had been before seeing this picture of a gazebo. So he... He's treating these shrines like I treated pictures of the band in sync in high school. <laughs> yeah. That's insanity. Oh uh, my god, imagine somebody opening up their locker in school and it's just filled with pictures of gazebos. <laughs> They're like, Are you super into landscaping or weddings? Or how would you like to be indoors and out of doors all at once? <laughs> Well, I tried to put up pictures of a landing pad, but apparently you need permits for that. <laughs> so obviously this pissed Chen off. And then he realized that his neighbors weren't exactly sharing uh, his sort of ideals. And a, a good example of this is all of the members of Chen Tao are vegetarian. They all believe that eating meat is wrong because meat are, you know, meat is living beings. It's, it's people. It's reincarnated souls. They're actually a living life which is kind of a commendable thought and some of his neighbors i think on purpose would regularly host barbecues where they would just cook meat and use some sort of fan to push the smoke of the cooking meat into the homes or towards the homes of chen tao members kind of to be like eh, fuck you you know what i mean that's some passive aggressive neighborliness. Yeah, yeah. that's unnecessary. Like a as a card carrying meat person, you don't need to do no, that. You absolutely don't. Although in fairness, maybe the ribs are just wafting their way, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, things That's true. When like, you're smoking something amazing. all day. Yeah, like weed yeah. or ribs or anything, you know. It's mostly ribs in our house, but yes. But in a more aggressive, aggressive move, what Chen started doing was he repurposed those billboards from before to all have very pro-vegetarian, but more anti-meat-eating sentiments on it. All that had various, you know, they all had different messages, but the theme of it was, one day those cows are going to get back at you, you pieces of shit. I assume it's just a picture of like the Jaws billboard, but cows, <laughs> just like the See, horns coming up and then a cow like eating people. I'm picturing like the Chick-fil-A ones with the cows that have the signs that say like eat more chicken, but instead it's just like eat more veggies question mark. <laughs> it spelled weird. His thought process was basically like right now. On the physical plane in our world, you're a human and that's an animal and you can very easily kill the animal and eat it. But on the spirit plane, we're all equal. So once we all die and get up there, those spirits are going to kick your spirit's ass because it'll They're like, you ate me, motherfucker. Yeah, and it'll be a fair playing field and they'll just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Oh, my God. So the media started portraying Chen and his followers as um, kind of having a contentious relationship with his neighbors. They, they portrayed them as, you know, very aggressive, uh, very angry. A few people started even digging up the old news stories from San Dimas about how they're a mind-controlled death cult that kidnaps children. And suddenly everyone's starting to freak out because everyone thinks that, like I said in, in the first episode... They think that there's two different possibilities. Either one, 
nothing happens and the group is fine or two nothing happens and the group commits mass suicide so now everyone is super worried that this group is heading down the same path that other cults have headed down before and all of this came to a head a few days before March 25th when the Garland Police Department publicly hosted their own press conference where they outlined their plan for preventing a mass suicide. So in front of cameras, reporters, etc., they basically said that if the doomsday prophecy didn't come true, or more like they said when it doesn't come true, they would be sure to monitor the group very closely and even perform wellness checks, even going so far as to suggest that if they didn't get any answer when they came to the houses, that they would have the right to just break down the doors, go inside, and make sure that they were okay, you know, by force, which is a very police thing to do, I think. Yeah, this is getting really sketchy. Well, here's the thing. I'm torn. There's a part of me that's like, if you can save someone, isn't it worth it? But then the question becomes, how do you know if someone's really in danger? And if they're not really in danger, then you're infringing on their rights. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's extra complicated, too, because there are so many kids in the cult, you know? So they're minors who yeah. aren't in a position to make their own choices necessarily. Yeah. And after all of this shit had gone down with the neighbors and all of this shit had gone down with the press, Chen had almost completely just cut everyone off, not allowing them to be inside anymore. So no one knows what's even going on in their heads. So at this point, it really is a toss up between how they're feeling. Like, are they really this committed to joining God and heaven on these cloud UFOs? What's going on? No one fucking knows. And as the days come closer, everyone's starting to just get worried and scared. And this is after Heaven's Gate. This is after mm -hmm. Waco. Yeah, it's just, it is almost a year to the day of when people found the dead bodies of Heaven's Gate's members. Yeah, so I'm sure that's adding extra tension because it's a very similar story with very similar beliefs. Exactly. And Oddly similar uniforms. <laughs> yeah, not enough tracksuits and cowboy hats, though. In in Heaven's Gate, I mean. But great shoe wear. Amazing shoe wear. Still trying to get those Nike Decade joggers. If anyone, uh, if anyone, if anyone has a line on that, really would love to get those. So, March twenty fifth comes, and I don't know if I have to tell you this, but God did not show up on channel 18 in every television what? in the world. <gasps> but I set my TiVo. I know. Especially with how much they hyped it up. Like, Sunday, 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 God on every channel. And then it just turned out to be Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, well. Dude, this got to be a great day dun, dun. For, for whatever was on channel 18. They were like, wow, fucking Matlock is doing great today. <laughs> <laughs> so... The prophecy failed. It just completely failed. All of the members of Chen Tao stayed locked inside of their houses. They weren't talking to anyone. The press had no eyes on them. The police had no eyes on them. And everyone steps into overdrive to quote unquote save the cultists. People feel like it's go time and it's now or never. And Chen is locked inside of his own house basically going over everything. This is one of the most embarrassing things that could have happened. 
over and over and over again. He has been made to look like a fool. The press has made him look like an idiot. And now the public will never respect him again. And his followers are waiting to hear from him on what to do. And he knows that he has all of the power in his hands. So he calls his followers. He holds a press conference just for them. And what he says is, guys, I was wrong. I was so fucking wrong. Oh, my God. You have no fucking idea how sorry I am. Uh, I, I, I did some soul searching, and I basically found out that uh, I'm no better than the same people I yelled at when I started this thing. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's really what he did. Chen drew comparisons to the people that were taking money from followers when he himself was looking for answers and kind of took a look at his own life and realized that that's basically what he had turned into. And he felt so bad. This is not a bit. He felt so bad. He publicly said, if you guys want to like, I don't know, crucify me or like stone me for 10 minutes straight. I understand it. I get it. I really, if you, I feel so bad about this. Oh my God. What a 180. Yeah. He felt so bad that he offered anyone who needed money to get back to their family in Taiwan to pay for their trip just outright. He was like, I feel, wow. I feel so bad. If, if you, if you want to go home, you totally can. And a lot of people took him up on that offer. A majority of the members of Chen Tao left back home to Taiwan, just kind of chalking up the adventure to like a two year fucking mistake. That's it. That's really all it was. Wow. I was wild. I was in my twenties yeah just like it's like a it was a phase it was a phase it was just a phase it was a tracksuit and 10 gallon hat phase and everyone has it it was a tracksuit and 10 gallon hat and i know who the messiah is phase and it's you know you get it god mom it's natural uh but yeah that's what happened chen tao kind of disintegrated after that a majority of the members left back to go to taiwan while chen himself announced that when you try to say what God's intentions are, you take on the responsibility of those words. And if you're wrong, it is your responsibility to take the heat and take the fall for being wrong. His whole point was if you say something, then you have to stand behind it no matter what. And if you're wrong, then you have to apologize for it. Which makes him one of the only cult leaders I think we've ever covered that was like, guys, I was so fucking wrong and I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. You know what they say when you assume you make an ass out of you, me, and the cult. And the cult, yeah. Yep. And I'm not an ass man. I'm a balls guy. Just love those big meaty balls of light. Wow. Okay. The most devoted members followed Chen on his adventure across America to kind of seek out new answers, to kind of see like what the universe was all about. And weirdly enough, the majority of the members that stayed with Chen moved to a small town in New York called Lockport, which we might remember as the birthplace and hometown of Timothy McVeigh. What? <laughs> oh no. Yep, surprise. Chen Tao is Timothy McVeigh. Gotcha. No, that's not at all. This true. is the weirdest <laughs> Scooby-Doo episode ever. I'm looking for a pickle that's Canadian that also looks like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And that brings us to the end of our series on Chen Tao. Chen, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, God, I, I feel like 
these are some of the most specific predictions we've seen on a on a cult recently like it's a lot of times people aren't setting end dates they're generalizing they're like oh i may be god or i may be a messenger and this one's like jesus is a canadian man who looks like abraham (laughs) and and, like that's the level we're at right and even more than just canadian it was like he definitely lives in vancouver british columbia (laughs) that is so wild that is it's just such a wild story but i did love that like Everything at the beginning of this cult makes it feel like it's going to end in tragedy. And instead, it ends with the most responsible cult leader I think that we've ever covered. Just somebody who was like, yeah, I was wrong. I'm sorry. It guys, I fucked up. (laughs) I'm really sorry. I was supposed to put us on the UFO to go to paradise, but then I got high. Oh, man. This episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by Chen Tao Tracksuits. Do you want to look <laughs> fresh as fuck in a crisp white tracksuit? Well, then call Chen Tao Tracksuits. Order now and get a free 10-gallon cowboy hat. Do yeah. you look like Abraham Lincoln and want to trade in that top hat for something fly as fuck? <laughs> call Chen Tao Tracksuits. Call now. Our... Our UFOs deliver instantly. <laughs> no, our episode is brought to you, like always, by our wonderful, amazing, beautiful Patreon donors. Uh, and this episode specifically is brought to you in part by Merry Christmas, Megan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's her name or if she's just like speaking to where my soul is at right now because. <laughs> All the quilt people are doing Christmas in July, and I'm like, how about we do Christmas from July through December? <laughs> and yeah, take a br- I'm here for it. And take a brief stop in Halloween Town, where we yes. just hang out there for a month and then move on. Yep. There I totally no get it. Thanksgiving is canceled. There's right. no sharing food with people this year. That's probably... Actually, yeah. Thanksgiving is one of... Huh. I didn't think about it like that, but you're totally right. There's no yep. sharing food with people and covering up genocide this year, baby. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So uh, this this shout out comes from Holly and they say, Merry Christmas, Megan. We got each other Patreon memberships for the holidays. I don't care that it's August because fuck this year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really great. That's I like so that a sweet. lot. I love that. It's amazing. You guys are cute. So thank you so much, Holly, and Merry Christmas, Megan. We love both of you so very, very much. Um, oh, our name's Holly, and it's a Christmas wish. That's cute. Uh, or it's Holy, and I'm being wrong, and it's actually the reincarnation of old Saint Nick. Look into it. Follow the money. Rudolph Burton. Thank oh, I you. thought you meant it was just because it was wholesome. Mm. Uh, I was going to go with... Deck the halls with extra episodes. La 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 la. Oh man, I I um, if you wanna, if you know somebody that could make a custom tracksuit built for, I would say I have the body type of a thicker Abraham Lincoln. Um, if you can help me custom make a tracksuit, uh, hit me up. And uh, hit me up at uh, Mondo Does Stuff on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking like a Abraham Lincoln, looking Ooh. like a t- party on Garth beat snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Um, 
Also, if you are looking for some extra uh, content this week, uh, I promoted it last week, but apparently I was wrong. It, it's actually coming out this week, um, Monday, today. You can go to Josh Rardo, uh, J-O-S-H-R-A-R-D-O, and uh, I did an episode with two of my very, very good friends where we talk about uh, death, dealing with the quarantine, and... Um, a lot of other really fun topics that shouldn't be as fun as they were. It's it's a really interesting uh, uh, discussion, and I had a lot of fun. And if you want to see me be a pretentious piece of shit, you should definitely listen to it because I had a blast. And uh, also, uh, I'll be on um, another podcast called House Rules with my friends Alex Getland and uh, Rachel LaForce, where we talk a lot about uh, just the behind-the-scenes things of cult podcasts uh like uh like how we we've already gotten uh into legal trouble i don't really go into you know the specifics of it but if you've ever wanted to hear what it's like to have somebody send you a a written out version of a bit that you say in complete passing in a legal sense then maybe check that out because it's a it's a lot of fun hey guys andrea here uh, if you want to vote for the new Mississippi flag, yes! oh my god! Yes! we will put the link in our show notes, and uh, it's pretty sweet. You can also follow the journey of this flag at Mrs. Wait, at Bloom of Mississippi. Thank you. You can follow the yeah. journey of this flag at Bloom of Mississippi on Instagram. Um, or follow me at Andre Gazetta on Instagram or at Sundress Comic on all the other things. We are not super close to making it to be the new state Mississippi flag. Well, you're well, not in last place. We're not. Well, we're number four. Let's put it this way. We didn't even think we would get this far. So not that's pretty great. We, so we're in the basically the final round. We're flag number four if you want to vote for us. And we're not in last place yet. But yeah. some of the flags that are ahead of us are not as cool. So No, none of them are as cool. Um, I also want to say that like there are nine options, uh, but two of them are variations on Andrea's design, and another two of them are variations on the same design. So there are essentially seven different artists that they have picked as the finalists to design the new state flag for Mississippi, and one of them is Andrea Gazetta. So no matter what happens, that's fucking awesome. And I cannot believe it. It's just such an amazing thing. Well, I, I can't take all the credit. Obviously, this was a, a an idea brought to us by Greg Murphy, who's one of our listeners. He's yeah. really cool. And he lives in Mississippi. And this was his vision. So I kind of just helped him make that happen. Um, but I would love to, on my resume, put help design Mississippi state flag because that's hilarious. Oh, references? Why don't you go to Mississippi, motherfucker? And just yeah. look the fuck up. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I, as I've mentioned on this show before, half of my family comes from Mississippi. Uh, it's a very beautiful place, and I know that the family that uh, you know is still around and kicking the family from Mississippi, they full heartedly love this design and they think that it completely embodies what the state should be about rather than what it has been about i've also you know i've seen a couple of arguments for like oh should we really 
like be promoting voting on the next flag shouldn't we let mississippi decide on its own flag and it's like we let mississippi decide on its own flag and it picked the confederate flag so no so mississippi has lost the right to do it it's like you're a child and i was like okay we're getting ready to go outside and you came out and you're wearing your pajamas but your pajamas are confederate flag so no i get to choose your outfit now mississippi go back to your room put on the nice jeans i took out for you and let's go to be fair, I do want Mississippi to pick their flag. So I, if you live in Mississippi, please vote. Yes. Please have a voice in you know this process because it's been really, really interesting. And I'm excited that we've got this far. It's pretty great. Yeah, I'm just sad they turned down my flag, which was just a picture of a shirtless firefighter holding a baby. And it just said <laughs> Mississippi across his pecs. I Armando and I had a thread of rejected designs that we sent each other last night and they were all pretty great. So maybe we'll post those later after after the voting is oh, done. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah, course. please after. We'll, we'll probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. post those on our Instagram, which is uh, at cold podcast. Uh, I've been a very busy bee <laughs> <laughs> the past couple of weeks. Oh, Paige. Uh, did not intend to be. Am now. Uh, so... I have been working on for the last couple months a crossover podcast with Mikey and Todd from Horror Virgin uh, called Romancing the Pod. And it'll be out in about two weeks where we watch romantic movies and make fun of it. It's going to be super, super fun. It's Um, really good. We already listened to the first episode and it is so funny. Straight fire. It's really just if you love romantic comedies or even better, love to make fun of romantic comedies. This is the podcast for you. It's so much fun to make. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm not leaving cult podcast or anything. Like This was extra because I'm stuck at home all day. Paige just uh, likes to have 12 jobs. I just like having 12 jobs. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, we posted the art on our Facebook group and on um, I have it on my Instagram and a couple other places. And in addition to that, not this week, but next week, I'll be on Horror Virgin again. Yay! So, yeah, we're watching Conjuring 2, so pop in for that if you want. That's awesome. When does Romancing the Pod debut? So we are waiting on one more thing before we have a, an official launch date. We have to register with Apple okay. um, and record one more episode. We're going to be launching five full episodes. Yes, binge it, so baby. So that people have a chance to binge. Um, so if you're curious about it, you can follow us at Romancing the Pod Show on Instagram or at Romancing Pod Show SHO on Twitter because Twitter has weird limits on how many letters you can have in your name. Um, or shoot us an email at Romancing the Pod Show on Gmail. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'll be posting updates on that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. I also wanted to give like kind of a weird little spotlight into a, a brand that I found recently. As some of you might have known, I uh, uh, for a while, for a couple of weeks, I was going through some shit. I needed some time to just kind of like decompress and kind of uh, deal with stuff that was happening. And on uh, on that vacation, if, if that's what we're going to call it, I had uh, I found a brand called You're Doing Fine. Um and I ordered a shirt and it came and it was really awesome and it was embroidered and it, and it, and it, it's also, it fits me, which is huge as a, as somebody that's very large. Um, but one of the things that they sent was a letter, a letter that comes in every shirt. 
And so uh, it says, as you are carried through life, you find yourself struggling to get a grasp on who or what you might hold within. Your passions, your fears, your state of mind all come with a cost that's your overall insanity. You want to know who you are so bad and don't know how to figure yourself out. It angers you and you begin to feel self-destructive. Maybe not physically, but definitely internally. You tell yourself you are less than what you are. You tell yourself you aren't enough. You tell yourself your parents aren't proud of you, and that leads to you feeling like you don't belong. It makes you angry. But why are you angry? Is it because you feel like this is where your existence ends? Is it because you feel like you'll never figure out who you really are? Is it because even though the people around you try to uplift you, nothing they say you believe? You need to wake up. These feelings invade all of our minds at some point, and we use that as our excuse to push our loved ones away. You deserve more than this. You are able to bring yourself out of this. You need to stop telling yourself you're inadequate. When you fall asleep at night, you are enough to make it through just one more day. <sighs> Every day that goes by is you showing yourself that you are doing enough to make all of this make sense. One more day of self-reflection could be that one wake-up call you needed to actually start to believe what those around you were telling you. I'm so proud of you. You did a good job. I love you. Echo through your head as you start to believe these words said to you. You're not alone. You're not a failure. As time continues, you understand that's part of being a human being. Self-reflection, self-loathing, and self-confidence. You're on the right path. For anyone that needs to hear it, don't crumble even if you stumble. You can keep going. You're doing fine. That's wildly specific. Yeah. <laughs> that letter's like, by the way, I'm right behind you. <laughs> by the way, Armando Torres, you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it was this thing where like, I, you know, I, I bought the shirt and I was like, oh, that's a cool shirt. And I got it and I got the letter and I read the letter and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I never feel things. And so it was, you know, it was. It was really Good. sweet. It was really awesome. Uh, you can find You're Doing Fine on Instagram uh, at YDFBK. Um, you can also find them online at YDF.BYKEDAR, which is B-Y-K-E-D-A-R.com. Uh, but I think the best way to find them is on their Instagram, which is, again, at YDFBK. Um, and if you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram, too, at Colt Podcast. Or at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email um, with a weirdly specific letter that's addressed to one of us. <laughs> Paige, you're not eating too much cheese. Don't listen to what anyone says about you. I know you fear the future where you might fart your husband out of the house. But I need you to understand you're doing fine. Don't crumble unless you're feta. You're <laughs> doing fine. Um, you can send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us personal handwritten letters about how we're doing fine or not doing fine, I guess. Or if you want to cut them out of a magazine and glue them together like a serial killer. Yeah, like a ransom note for my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you could send stuff like that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I also want to remind you, if you haven't already, join the Facebook group. We have a lot of fun. We share a lot of cheese memes. It's just cult podcast on Facebook. Yeah. It's like the vibe of that letter on Facebook. And it's really nice and <laughs> it's, supportive. It's my favorite You're doing place. okay. Take some cross stitch and some cheese about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we also have, if you like crafting, we also have a cult pod craft 
page. Yeah. So if you like paint or craft or bake a lot, which probably is you. Yeah, yeah it's almost definitely you. It's definitely you. you. Uh, come join Colt Podcraft. We share tips and mostly look at delicious pastries I'll never make. So Yeah, and if, you. if you're not already following Andrea on Instagram, you should because very soon she will be announcing her Patreon. Yay! And that is a great way to get more information on that. Um, and yeah, we love you. Yes, I would say for this one, don't drink pickle juice from a pickle that is a Canadian man that looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I know that's wildly specific. It but... came out of my third ball. That's where we store the brine. <laughs> don't drink the 10-gallon hat sweat. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say, don't drink it out of a 10-gallon hat. Oh, God. Uh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.